It's time for Radio Cows, a weekly program from the Central Arkansas Library System. Every Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 p.m. here on KABF 88.3 FM, we'll share with you conversations with interesting Arkansans on primary sources, Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul, interviews with some of your favorite musical artists on Arkansas Sounds, content from the Butler Center's collections, information about what's happening in the library system, and much, much more. We invite you to let us know what else you want to hear by contacting us at radiocals at cows.org. This program is presented by the Butler Center for Arkansas Studies and the Cows Communications and Public Relations Department. For more information about Radio Cows, including links to resources mentioned in our segments, please visit the Butler Center's blog at butlercenter.org. It's time for Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul, a regular feature on Radio Cows. That's Rex Nelson, who is senior editor and columnist for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and who writes the food blog Southern Fried, and Paul Austin, who is the executive director of the Arkansas Humanities Council, talking about Arkansas food, festivals, and folks. Last time on Chewing the Fat, Rex and Paul chewed the fat about the Purple Hole Pea Festival in Emerson, and related fun with motorized tillers, Keeney's Food Market in Malvern and its legendary sausage biscuits, Rex's embarrassing hat, the Nervous Hospital, Esau's corn, the boys' disappointment at not being the Grand Marshals for the Purple Hole Pea Raid, how they picked the pea goddess, Burgess in Louisville and their fried pies, Rex's son Evan's first experience with turkey fries, how Paul discovered that 55 and a 35 is considered speeding in stamps, the two great catfish places in Garland City, Docks and West Shore, taking cheesy photos on either side of the state line in Texarkana, the wonderfully named Hotel Grimm, the Cattleman's Steakhouse, and Rex's doubleheader of chicken fried steak and quail. In this week's episode, they'll continue the conversation. We did have the speeding ticket, so we've had a, we've had a falling asleep at the yeah, wheel so and, and a speeding ticket incident now. Not bad while we've been doing this we show. We had a couple of uh, going the wrong way on the interstate in Memphis, but that's another issue, <laughs> what that was about. Maybe we need a driver. Yeah, yeah, that may be. I think that's where we're headed, yeah. You know, a previous trip, you usually drive, Paul, but knowing it was going to be a long, long day, on flat roads, so I didn't want you falling asleep. So we took, I drove, we yeah. took my vehicle on this trip, and, and we started, uh, we went down to Dumas. Now, we mentioned there are two great produce stands in uh, Pine Bluff that right. we stopped at. I think one is just the produce shop, and the other Shell Ross, which also has their original location over on Ohio Street in Pine Bluff, but they've got one out on the highway now. But we had to go on down to Dumas and go to Metter Pharmacy, because Metter Pharmacy is about to celebrate its its 100th anniversary, yeah. so uh, it was a great we time. Got down there. Well, I've gotten good I've gotten good feedback uh, since we since we last talked oh, about good. that on a column that I wrote yeah. about it. Yeah. Because you just don't find that many of those old old kind of pharmacies no. around anymore. The pharmacist and uh, 
he hadn't done it for a decade or so, but it was also dealt in furs. <laughs> he would yeah. fill your prescription and sell your raccoon. Yeah. Now, now you're from Imboden, is that correct? Imboden, Arkansas, right, right. Yeah. Sloan Henry's High School. Yeah. yeah. Now, did y'all have a pharmacy uh, there <laughs> well, in Imboden? Well, you it know, wasn't big enough. You had to go when I was uh, a, big city. a wee lad, we did. Oh, you did? Homer okay. Hastings had one with a, uh-huh. with a soda fountain. Yeah. Uh, uh, didn't survive the 60s, I don't think. Yeah. But, yeah, sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, of course, I grew up in a major metropolis compared course, to Imboden, yes. that yeah, being right. Arkadelf. And right. as I told you, when I was a kid, we had four, <laughs> count them, four <laughs> downtown drugstores, and they all had soda fountains yeah. in them. And, uh, as did this place in, uh, in yeah. Dumas. Yeah. And the place in Dumas does have, a, does have a soda fountain, and he still operates that fountain. You know, one of the things in, in writing the story that I loved is I— went back and did the research of the uh, Metter brothers who had originally opened that pharmacy back in 1917 wow. uh, July 1st uh, they a big ce- they were having a big celebration to uh, to do those 100 years but the two brothers that operated that one had actually been to pharmacy school the other was not a trained pharmacist but I think they would license you after like an a while. apprentice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah after right. a while so he was licensed but one of the brothers I found in the story would get up at 4 a.m. every morning and go to the pharmacy and apparently would cry out all the way, and they called him the town crier as he would go, and he would, he would wake people wake up, up as town. he would go. Yeah. So that, that was really interesting in, in reading that history. But I love going back and reading the history of, of old businesses like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. They really hard to find and uh, some of the some of the oldest businesses in the state are in our smallest towns in yeah. the state. Now that's not to say the Little Rock and the Jonesboro's and the Fayetteville's and the right. Springdale's don't have old businesses, but there's something about uh, these old businesses that have survived. Bill Canada there at Metter Pharmacy still goes in every morning, opens up before 6 a.m. because that's when the farmers want to come, come in, in for and their coffee. coffee. Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about on a previous show uh, Futrell's uh, Pharmacy up in Pocahontas. We were both up there for the Arkansas Historical Association annual meeting. They've been around uh, for, for decades. In fact, there were the pharmacies at that location had previous names, but they say that's the oldest location where there's always yeah. been yeah. a pharmacy in the state. And it's still where everybody gathers still for coffee there. Yeah. in the still, morning. Uh, still uh, a place that people go to. Yeah. yeah. So now we can add one in northeast Arkansas, that being Futrals, and now down in far southeast Arkansas at Metter and Dumas, where we can uh, say those those are places with soda fountains we yeah, like to I, go. I liked when you asked Mr. Canada, why didn't you change the name to Canada? He said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I never really thought about never it. thought about it. <laughs> yeah, never, never, never really thought about it. He was an old football player at Henderson. Yep. And uh, he's really a fascinating guy. And they were all there in their matching T-shirts ready ready to welcome us, yeah. weren't they? Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, downtown, small-town businesses. As I've talked about, my father had a sporting goods store in Arkadelphia for many years. And another thing we don't see, you know, people go to Walgreens now. They go to Walmart. They go to Fred's to get their prescriptions filled. So we don't see that many of the small-town pharmacies. And another thing that we don't see at all, in fact, can't even find them in the cities anymore, are the old-fashioned newsstands. Right. No, and I don't. commented on social media earlier this week because somebody had posted a 
a photo, I think it was the State Historic Preservation Program, of the old Clem's Bottling Company in Malvern. Right, I saw that. Well, when I was a kid, the newsstand across the street from my dad's business in downtown Arkadelphia, which was Red's newsstand, and then Red retired and Woody took it over, so it became Woody's newsstand at that point. But they carried Clem's drinks. And so um, I would go over. My dad would give me money for, you know, four or five of the guys and uh, get the cold Clem's drinks uh, out of the case, you know, where you open the top. With water in the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they would pull them out, and they would open them for me. And they would give me one of the wooden holders because I was taking five or six back at a time. And the guys would drink it, and then I'd take the empties back to the newsstand again. <laughs> yeah. Now my father later broke down and got his own uh, got his own Coke machine. Uh, well, in in the business, but back then when I was a young boy, I had to go to the newsstand and pick up when I, I hung out there at, in the summer. Uh, Hastings, Homer Hastings Pharmacy in Imboden. I liked to go in there because they had he had magazines. You get Sports Field and Sport and. We'd look at the cover of Argosy. That was a little too risque for someone of my age to actually uh, thumb through. But I'd look yeah. at the color. You know, I'd be the half-naked uh, woman in a pond with rats hanging over or something. It was always, you know, <laughs> some sort of danger and adventure out in the woods with uh, scantily clad women. I never did read at Argosy. Did you? I never knew. No, no. It may have been a trick to just open and try yeah, to sell I, you. I remember uh, the name, but I never got an Argosy. No, I didn't either. Now, I tell you what was a thrill. I can remember my barbershop was named the OK Barbershop uh, in Arkadelphia. And I remember when I would be in there getting my hair cut and the kid selling the grit would come in. Oh, and yeah. I'd have a change yeah. to buy the grit. Yeah. It used you to remember be a nickel. the grit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A nickel. Yeah. yeah. My dad was a big supporter of grit. Was he? And he'd he'd always he, buy one always when they came buy to the store. Yeah. Dad, why are you buying it? Well, he's, he's trying to make gold. He's, <laughs> Now, now, for the uninitiated, the grit was was it weekly newspaper? I think it was weekly. I think it was weekly. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like just, a uh, a newsprint version of Parade magazine. Kind of, yeah, a, yeah, kind of a way to Except say more it. stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot more stories in it. A lot of stuff in grit. Yeah, it's <laughs> the old I, grit. I, the yeah. grit grit went away. No, there, no, in our modern times, there may be a grit website and a grit podcast <laughs> I, I hadn't even checked you but. can probably they probably uh they're probably grit collections don't yes. you imagine very expensive for an original grit now i would go to red's newsstand to get the drinks but right. down by the okay barbershop not only did we have four drugstores downtown paul we had two newsstands we had reds and then we had mrs langley's oh and mrs langley's was I guess more upscale, you can say, because Mrs. Langley, get this, and it was only because Arkadelphia was a college town, she had the Sunday New York Times Oh, in there. my goodness. This is back in the 60s. That is unusual. It'd come in by bus. Yeah. 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 Oh, we didn't have that at Embo. No, no. It would come in, you know, it was almost the next Sunday before the previous Sundays got there. But every once in a while, if I saved enough money, I would buy a Sunday New York Times, and you just felt so cosmopolitan then. Well, I used to deliver the Memphis Press Seminary, which was an afternoon paper. The afternoon paper. in the 60s. Yeah. And, of course, that's long gone, isn't it? It's oh, yeah. Yeah, Memphis Press Seminary went under. Their, appeals uh, about gone. Yeah, the, the last sports editor of the Memphis Press Seminary was George Lapides, who just recently passed away. George was a friend, but George was one of the first real radio sports talk hosts in the country. Yeah, he right. went into that after he left uh, – after he left the uh, press center, but press center was still in business. I can tell you, at the end of 1982, because I've still got the issue on the day 
of Bear Bryant's last game as head football coach at the University <laughs> of Alabama because yeah. it was in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and growing up being such a big, big follower of Coach Bryant and, yeah. and loving Coach Bryant like so many other Southern boys, uh, I had to be there. And I, I was uh, writing at the time, so I was able to get press passes and was there. But I saved that issue, and I just remember George, who was actually pretty good friends with Coach Bryant, hmm. His column, they ran it on 1A, not on, not on the front of the sports section, but it was such a big story that it was run on page one of, uh, of the newspaper yeah. that afternoon yeah. saying, Bear Bryant's last game, can you believe it's happening here in yeah. Memphis? Yeah, but, and then uh, he yeah. passed away Yep, not long after his retirement. Yep, uh, ab- absolutely. He, he, had, he had always said, this son of the Morrow Bottom in South Arkansas, that if I ever stop coaching, I won't live for a month. And he it was almost prophetic. He died yeah, yeah. like 29 days, just like yeah, short of almost, a month. Yeah. Of uh, He knew he was sick and having announced. But that was a real thrill having been over there. And, and you realize, again, what a small state Arkansas is because, you know, the people now who knew the Bryant family or knew Coach Bryant. You know, most Arkansans are well familiar with Larry Lysel, uh, who when he retired from the Dallas Cowboys came back here to Arkansas. And of course, Larry's dad and Coach Bryant played football for the Fordyce Redbugs together, and they were uh, they were very yeah. close friends. And, uh, you know, one of Larry's, we've talked about it before, one of Larry's best stories was uh, when he took an ASU squad down there to play Alabama. And big crowd, of course, compared to what your alma mater was used to Indeed. In, in those days. And uh, those who remember the pitchers, you know, Coach Bryant would always lean against the goalpost uh, with his houndstooth hat on as the press would take his photo during warm-ups. So said Larry goes down there and stands by him and uh, said, I just don't say anything. We're just sitting there watching warm-ups together. And he said, I, I don't say a word. And uh, said, finally, Coach Bryant looks down to him. And said, Coach Bryant was like an uncle, you know, old family friend. But he looks down and he says, uh, Larry, says, you're scared, aren't you? <laughs> and he said, I looked up. Coach, Coach Bryant was a tall man. Larry's a short man. So, so I looked way up at him. And he said, yes, sir, I am. And said, Coach Bryant grinned and said, hell, you ought to be. <laughs> And, and old family connections had yeah. nothing to do with it. It yeah. was just business, as just I said, business. Paul. Still ran up a pretty good score on the, well, of course, then the Indians at Larry that time. Larry yeah. will be, for time immemorial, yes. the winningest football coach in uh, Indian history because the Indians no longer exist. Yes. Now, now, were you for this change to the Red Wolf, or you were one of those Indians? Well, people? you know, I had mixed you ran feelings. The Indian I ran Center the Indian now for Center, so I had so a uh, professional relationship. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I, I just never have to ask you where you stood on that. I, I, I never had trouble with the word Indian. I just didn't like the goofy chief big track. Yeah. That's yeah. what I didn't like. I thought that was pretty silly. And But, you know, I was actually proud of ASU. They made the change before it became, uh, bec- before there was public uh, pressure for, for this to happen. They changed the uh, logo. Actually, before the Red Wolf, they changed the logo instead of, this horrible uh, jumping Joe that 
you know, just uh, with dripping bloody scalps to uh, to a silhouette of a. Uh, you know, some people though have never accepted the red no, wolves. One no. of them being we were talking about state lines, the old uh, Moark Bar, <laughs> just right. on the Missouri Boot yeah. Hill side of the St. Francis River. Uh, Still up says there, we passed, and they they've still got Jumping Joe painted <laughs> on the front of the building, right. don't they? Yeah. Along with the Missouri Tiger Missouri and an Arctic Saw Razorback. Right. Yeah, we we. But they've never repainted to put a. Put no, a Red Bull on and top. And probably not going to, I suspect. When are, when are we going into the Moark and ask them why they haven't I think changed our next that? trip, by uh-huh. the way. Near the Chalk Bluff Battlefield, by the way. That's so, when we were up there, right? So, with Mark historical Christ. research. Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, barber, uh, Galen Wallace, who is from Stanford, which is up there by Paragould, he said, Paul, y'all need to go to Terry's Cafeteria in downtown Paragould he said it's fantastic. Really? One of these old hole-in-the-wall plate lunch specials. said it's really good right in the the Paragool Square. Well, we're just going to have to spend the night then because we've already said we wanted to go to dinner at that place that fixed the quail oh, yeah. uh, for so us when nights. we did the Hemingway hunt yeah. up there. So an up and back and stay in Paragool. John Hemingway almost shot both of us. <laughs> almost <but> killed us. <laughs> that was another show. That was when I fell asleep. People, how many people can say they've almost <laughs> been shot by Hemingway? I think yeah. me and uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald is about where we're at. <laughs> it's a claim to fame we yeah, have. We exactly were almost right. shot by Hemingway. And and we that weren't the only one either. Right? No, we weren't. <laughs> everybody, everybody was ducking. Yeah. So the Moark, they, they, they won't come to modern times. I guess they're going to leave Jumpin' Joe till it finally fades. Now, there was, or there is, we were talking about being in Texarkana and getting our photo taken on the state line there. There is an old bar right there across from the federal building, yeah. and they actually have the Razorback painted on the Arkansas side, and they've got the Longhorn painted right, right. on the Texas side, and we wonder how many fights yeah. there's been looks, over that rivalry yeah, it, in there through the like years. It's like danger. Mm-hmm. We yeah. did not go in and explore We decided it. not to. Yeah. Well, we had Evans. Had, had our under, my underage yeah. son. So yeah. that was a good excuse. So <laughs> we couldn't do humanities for certain. <laughs> that looked like later. trouble. It did look like trouble. And if you remember, there was a couple of old boys uh, and gals getting out of the car that appeared to be the band. They looked pretty rough, too. They, so. they did look uh, very rough. Well, I think we'll get back a little there, There's something about those state lines. And I, and I think you and I agree that the... Probably the roughest, and I'm and I'm being honest. I've never stopped, but I've driven through there many a time. Probably the roughest looking stretch of state line is just after you leave Dequeen, and you cross into Oklahoma into McCurtain County, which is a pretty tough area anyway. Right. Between Dequeen and Idabel, now there's some rough looking places along that stretch <laughs> of US 71. Let's admit. Well, I told you I went to uh, humanities or US 70. Yeah. The NEH event in Idabel, the Oklahoma Humanities Council, had a thing. And so they invited me to come over, and so I went. And I was in my humanities uniform, a nice uh, sport coat and a bow tie. So we get through, and the executive director says, well, Paul. The last man that was seen in a bow tie in <laughs> Idabel was a traveling insurance salesman, Paul. She said, Paul, we're going to the country club, and why don't you come with us, and uh, we'll have uh, drinks and celebrate this successful job. Well, great. So we walk into the country club, and it, you know, it, it, Sort of reminded me. It's not the country club of Little Rock. Let's no, put it that way. No, and not the blessings in Fayetteville either. <laughs> it looked uh, kind of like uh, that old uh, Craig Hills in Jonesboro. We walk into this place, and it's kind of like that E.F. Hutton. You know, the guys at the bar, and they all just stopped and stared at me. And I thought, I think I'll take off the bow tie. That was the end of that. <laughs> I thought, okay, this is not what I thought. So 
You're right. There's some rough looking bars over there. Yeah. All these border bars are all that way though. Yeah. You can have a beer and get your rear end whipped in any of them. A- absolutely, you can. Well, you've recently you mentioned the blessings at Springdale. You've recently been up in Northwest Arkansas, but I was thinking, just us talking here. We've hit the corners pretty well. I mean, we were in the far southwest corner at Texarkana. Yeah. We we went up to Pocahontas, and then we were also talking about the Moark, which was an earlier trip, but right. the far northeast corner. And then you had never been, I don't think, down that stretch of 165 no. to Wilmot, had no, you? Never. We did on our. And you talk about far southeast I Arkansas. Mean, beautiful stretch of road. Beautiful. Though. I was just really uh, impressed. It's just a beautiful drive. And. And uh, what was the lake that we went to? Lake Enterprise, lake which Enterprise. is the only lake really? I know, because it's right down there on the Louisiana border, where you have really heavy concentrations yeah. of Spanish moss. It gorgeous. looks like you're in South Louisiana. It really does. There. Yeah. Just gorgeous. We both wanted to go fishing, actually, uh, you just in want the shade to. of those yeah. cypress trees down there. Uh, park went through Parkdale, which, of course, is great basketball. Great history. basketball tradition in Parkdale. And, and uh, I, you know, there's a great facebook page called elvis in arkansas did you see i posted yes, I reposted did. theirs that yeah. elvis performed in dermont in once dermont, that's right. who yeah. knew yeah. <laughs> well that's when dermont was hopping so it's we went to we went to dermont and then we uh, headed on down through jerome uh to see one of the uh one of the relocation centers right, japanese the, american the old, uh, where only stack. the old smokestack and then Boydale, where the late Jack Gibson, my friend, the late senator, lived. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've told the story that I, I saw him that time at an event down there and said, well, past your house in Boydale, Senator Gibson. And he said, how'd you know it was my house? And I said, it had a tennis court. Who <laughs> else is? And the tennis court's still, still there. Still there, yeah. It didn't look still like there. it was great shape, but yeah. it's still there. still there. Then Montrose, Portland, Parkdale, and Wilmot. So you, you've been to the corners pretty well this year. And then year. Eudora. Yeah. And over, over to Eudora, we did a back road back through there. So I guess now we have to start filling in the, the all filling the, in the middle. middle of the spots of the I state. I still like this idea of Highway 7 from El Dorado to Bull Shows. I think it would be a great trip. Well, events coming up. Johnson County Peach Festival, we're looking at going for a second Got plenty of peaches, years. it looks like. Yeah, and I, I also we want to go out to Peach Pick in Paradise, but I also want to go to the square and get some of that jam and some of that jelly again. It oh, was yeah. excellent. Yeah, did you get any of that last Yeah, year? oh, yeah, sure They're did. They're like Mennonites selling it. Yeah, yeah. really good. Outstanding. So and I this time I want to get in the orchard and pick the dip, some of the different varieties of peaches. Yes, and then we have the Cave City Watermelon Festival coming up, and we have the Hope Watermelon Hope Festival that's coming in August. up. Yes. So summer is really festival Grady season fish in fry. Arkansas. Grady Fish Fry is coming yeah. up. So we got a lot. We may have to make this a full-time gig. I think uh, we'll, come talk to think to, about it. we'll talk to Dr. Strickland. Yes. See if they can edge some of that money our way. Because you, you hate leaving out any of these festivals. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. I mean, uh, we have we, a responsibility. We missed the World Championship steak cook-off in <laughs> Magnolia earlier this year. And we're even— Because there are conflicts. Now, next year, as much as I love the Rotary Tillers— and as much as I love eating the purple hull peas, we've done that two straight years, right. and it conflicts on the last Saturday in June with the Buffalo River Elk Festival, which I've been to a number of times. I used to judge the pie contest. Well, I think we need hard duty there, but you've never that. been to the Elk no, Festival. No, never been. Right? That sounds like a perfect plan. To, yeah, we can now, have celebrity judges and good eating there because yeah. you have the old Ozark Cafe, Beautiful drive, which is right on the square. 
in Jasper. It is an Arkansas classic. And then for dinner, we'll go out to the community of Low Gap. You ever been to Low Gap? I've been to Low Gap, All yes. Right. yes. We, we go out to Low Gap, and we'll go to the Low Gap Cafe, where my friend Nick Botini is a classically trained chef. He yes. really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people drive into Low Gap forever, so we'll have dinner out there. So what we'll do is we will we will do mornings in Jasper. Okay. And then we'll have lunch right there on the square. We can look at all the arts and crafts, and we'll have lunch at the Ozark, and then we'll uh, we'll drive around the countryside during the afternoon. You know, we'll we'll go. Uh, who knows? We you know now, go, go to a big metropolis like Alpena or somewhere like that. <laughs> now Rex, they don't at it. Mount Judy, maybe. Yeah. Now Rex, they don't like slaughter the elk or something like that. Oh no 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 oh, no! Okay. It's not like the turkey <laughs> yell bill. They, <laughs> okay. they don't drop an elk out of a plane or anything <laughs> sure like, not, uh, like they do the turkeys over in Yellville. Yeah, the beautiful. In elk. fact, they just got an elk statue, and they oh, really? put it on the courthouse grounds there. And so the elk statue is now officially up so, on the Newton County. You know that's courthouse some research. Square. In fact, that could be a column, Rex. We could yes. say giant animal statues in Arkansas. You got the raven at Raven Den. Yes. The elk now at Jasper. I guess and you, you know could have an, the tiger at Washita. And do you know another festival we've never been to? Mm. Hogskin Holidays down at Hampton in Calhoun <laughs> County. That's the name of their festival. Yeah. I don't see how that could go wrong. Yeah. Anything named Hogskin. Hogskin. I, I well, bet you now get here's some good one cracklings too. at that the, event. The uh, the Chocolate Roll Festival at Marshall. Mm-hmm. Searcy County. Searcy County. The self-proclaimed Chocolate Roll capital, capital of the country. Yes, which we need to make sure that that's a legitimate claim. And the right. only way is to, is to eat chocolate rolls. See, we are never going to run out. There is so much good material <laughs> around the state of Arkansas. Yeah. But the festivals we go and we like, like the Peach Festival, like... Uh, like the Emerson Purple Hole Pea Festival, we want to go back to. But yeah. some of them, again, fall on convec- uh yeah, Just choices. It's life is full of choices. Right? Yes. yes. We have the Grady Fish Fry coming up. Uh, we have that coming up always the third Thursday in August in oh. the Hardin Pecan Orchard, just south of Grady. And the Hope is in August, too. And the Hope, Hope is also an August yeah. event then. Yeah. Yes. And then it's football season, and I so kind of have, have to get off the festival yeah. circuit at that point. But unlike previous years when you had like a job, uh, we can travel during the week. Now, of course, uh, I do I'm have very a job, busy. and that's known as column research. Yeah, that's right, yeah. right. And of course, I'm very busy, so rarely able to take any time off. But maybe we could during the week. Well, you know, my Friday nights are taken up, and my Saturdays are taken up. High school football and college right. football on the radio. But I do want to do for research because I've been, but we've never been together as a chewing the fat research. Uh, so. The good thing is the King Biscuit Blues mm. Festival begins on a Thursday. Oh, really? So we want to go to Helena on a Thursday for opening night of that event. That could be very cool. And that will give yeah. us plenty to talk about uh, <laughs> yes, after that event. Yeah. Maybe take a camera for that one. There yeah. could be some yeah, blackmailable uh, situations. Well, you know, the great the great thing about uh, the Blues Festival is that King Biscuit, and I'm being honest here, is so well known that they draw people from all over the world. You'll see people who've come from Japan. You'll see people who've come from Germany. You'll see people who've come from Finland and Sweden. The blues are huge in Scandinavia, uh, by the way. And they all know where Helena, Arkansas is, let me tell you. I was at a a conference or a meeting in Memphis, and it turns out it was either Elvis's birthday or the anniversary of his death, and it looked like the entire population of Tokyo was there. 
and half of them were dressed like Elvis. It was surreal. Uh, well, when we go to the Blues Festival, since our friend Jim Howe has now sold <laughs> KFFA Radio, maybe he can be our two guide. Oh, maybe we can tape an interview with Jim, and too. Maybe get some tamales there. with uh, Joe. Yeah, that'd yeah, be, Joe St. Columbia. I think that'd be great. Now, Joe told us, how many dozen tamales does he do in advance and freeze for that festival? Oh, uh, hundreds. Hun- oh, yeah, hundreds more, of dozens. Hundreds of dozens, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that interview, if we could get Jim and Joe together, I think the Butler Center could do that live. Don't you think mm-hmm. that'd be great? Oh, absolutely. Live on the air. Absolutely. A live show. For a live show would be fantastic with those two guys. While we eat tamales on the air. <laughs> right. the, the full mouth on the radio thing is always very always compelling radio. radio. Yeah. yeah, I like food spittle on the microphone. <laughs> That's when you know it's good. Well, I think we've about got the rest of our year planned, don't you? Rex, have a happy fourth. All right, you too. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to Chewing the Fat with Rex and Paul on Radio Cows, a production of the Central Arkansas Library System, its Arkansas History Department, the Butler Center for Arkansas Studies, and the Cows Communications and Public Relations Department. For more information, please visit cows.org, and butlercenter.org. Our producer is Glenn Whaley. Production manager is Shelley Stormo. Voices by Jasmine Job and John Miller. Engineering and editing by Anna Lancaster and Shelley Stormo. Our executive producers are Leanne Blackwell-Hoskin and David Strickland.